Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. The Imitation of Christ by Thomas Akempis, Book 3, Chapter 57. A man should not be too depressed when he slips into some fault or other. Christ the Beloved. I am better pleased, my son, when you are patient and humble in time of trouble than when you feel much comfort and devotion because things are going well. Why do you get so upset when something not altogether kind is said about you? It might well have been worse, but even so, you shouldn't let it make you miserable. However, what has upset you now is nothing much. Just let it go by. It isn't the first time it's happened, something new to you. And if you live to any age at all, it won't be the last. You can play the man well enough, as long as no opposition crosses your path. You can give good advice too, and are expert in supporting other people's words of encouragement. But when trouble suddenly turns up on your own doorstep, your good advice and moral support fail you. You ought to remember how little it takes to crush you. You will often have found the truth of that whenever you have been the least put out by something. Yet it is to further the cause of your salvation that you have things like that happening to you. As best you can, Make sure it does not prey on your mind. It may have hit you, but don't let it send you sprawling in despair. Don't let it keep you in its toils for months on end. At least bear it with patience, if you can't manage to do so cheerfully. The offensive remark may not make very pleasant hearing for you, and you may feel furious at it. All the same, you must keep control of yourself. Otherwise, you might let slip some expressions ill-befitting the mouth that spoke them, and Christ's little ones find your words an obstacle in their path to heaven. Those billows of rage will soon calm down, and grace will return to soothe your smarting feelings. I live in readiness to help you. It is your Lord telling you this, in readiness to comfort you more than I have before. All you have to do is to trust and call on me with devotion. Be readier to endure. Steel yourself to undergo greater affliction. Don't imagine everything is lost just because you often find yourself in trouble or the prey of grave temptations. You are a man, not God after all. No angel, but flesh and blood. How do you think you could always stay in the same state of virtue when Lucifer in heaven couldn't do that, or the first man in Eden? I am he who raises up and supports those who are in distress, lifting up to my Godhead those who are aware of their own weakness. The Learner Bless you, Lord, 
for those words of yours. They taste sweeter in my mouth than honey in the honeycomb. Whatever should I do in trials and troubles as great as mine are, if I hadn't support of your holy words? If only I get to the safety of heaven's harbor at last, what do I care what I go through or how much? Let my ending be a good one, Lord, my passing from this world a happy one. Keep me in mind, O Lord, my God, and guide me straight to your kingdom. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Angels of God, our guardians dear, to whom God's love commits us here, ever this day be at our side, to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. St. Philip Neri, gentle guide of youth, mirror of the divine life, vessel of the Holy Ghost, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. When we read a chapter like this, we may understand why the imitation of Christ is one of the best books that some people ever read when they're in a great trial. There are people who are undergoing something very difficult, usually something from the outside. Someone is doing something bad to them. They're, they're being persecuted in some way. They're, people are saying stuff about them. And they will be given the imitation of Christ. And we read a chapter like this, and we can understand why. Why this book gives so much comfort to people. Why it can say just the thing we need to hear. We're reading a chapter like this, and you can almost forget for a moment that it's Christ who's supposed to be speaking. This is not Thomas Akempis speaking. I mean, he is the author. But all the words in this chapter are supposed to be spoken to you and I, to you and me, by Christ. We want to realize they're coming from Christ. And what good advice he gives us in this chapter. First of all, he tells us the most important thing, which is that he lives in readiness to help us. It is the Lord telling us this, he says. He's in readiness to comfort us more than he has before. What do we have to do? We have to call on him, trust in him with devotion. Our Lord does not get angry that we feel furious. He doesn't rebuke us that we are annoyed and not feeling very pleasant at the offensive remark that was made to us. So far, there's no sin. Having the offensive remark be not very pleasant, feeling a bit furious that so-and-so had the audacity to say that, after all they've done, blah, blah, blah. But he says, keep control of yourself. Why? Because if we don't, we will scandalize. We will lead astray other people. 
We will put obstacles in little one's paths. That rage we feel, maybe justified, will pass if we don't give in to it. And what will happen? We'll, we will have grace to smooth us over because Christ will come to help us. But we have to wait. We have to wait on him. We have to hold ourselves back. Don't say anything. He will comfort us. And notice also what he says in this chapter. As long as we live a certain amount of time, the experience of this chapter will happen to us. People will say things quite often on many occasions that are upsetting. And in those moments, if we fail, if we fall, he tells us, okay, learn from it. Don't let it crush you. If, you've had, if we've made mistakes, all that should do for us, instead of depressing us, is to show how little strength we have on our own. And these trials, these temptations are part of our salvation. It's good that they're happening to us, our Lord says. They train us in self-control. They train us to rely on the Lord. They train us to know ourselves. What do we think we are, he says. This is great, such good. Do you think you're God? Do you think you're an angel? Do you think you're Adam? No, we're fallen children of Eve who bear the consequences of original sin. We cannot always be stable and calm and peaceful. But we have to keep our eyes on Christ. That's what the chapter is telling us. Remember what Peter did when he was walking on the water? The storms were raging. They, the ship was undergoing water. It's sinking. And our Lord walks to them on the water. And Peter says, if it's you, Lord, bid me come to you on the water. And Jesus says, come. And Peter gets out of the boat and begins to walk on the water. He's walking towards Christ in the midst of a storm. And suddenly he begins to take notice of the wind and the waves. They were there the whole time. And suddenly he notices them. And what happens? Peter begins to sink. And then what happens? Christ reaches out and grabs him. In other words, Peter had gotten so close to Christ. He had walked all that way and not sunk. He's close enough to Christ that Christ can grab him. And at that moment, he takes his eyes off Christ and takes account of the winds and the waves. Okay, you and I have winds and waves around us. It's one thing after another sometimes. But we got to keep our eyes on the Lord. We have to beg him to give us the grace to keep our eyes on him. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.